It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. So glad you could join us for the next hour to talk New York Giants football. It is a big day here in East Rutherford. I'm Paul Dottino. He's John Schmelk. Jeff Fiegels will be along shortly to join us. And our phone number, if you'd like to give us a call, is 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. You can also go to Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. If you're a bit shy, don't forget an archive of this show and our entire podcast network is on the Giants. Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcasts. But, John, this is a big night. A lot of people have been looking forward to this for a very, very long time. Fans are back in the building at MetLife Stadium for a Giants practice tonight. 3 o'clock is when I understand the parking lots are going to be open. 5 o'clock, the gates open to the stadium, and the practice runs from 6 to 8 p.m., followed by a fantastic fireworks display. Giants football is back. Yes, it is, and it's a a big night, Paul, because, you know, in normal circumstances, obviously not last year or this year, fans will get a a half dozen or more practices, probably closer to like 10 that are open to the public, maybe even up to 15, depending on the year. And this year, because of COVID and all the issues involved with it, they haven't been able to do that. So this is really a chance to fill up MetLife Stadium, have fans watch practice. They get to do a lot of other things around the stadium. You have um, fireworks afterwards. And it's really a chance for the team to get their look at the Giants during training camp, something that usually happens you know, much more often. But this way, in the stadium, you have a much bigger crowd in there, and you'll get a nice look at what the Giants are doing in practice, and it should be a great night. And it's the first time we're going to see the Giants on the stadium field uh, doing a practice as well in 2021. So that should also be fun, Paul. Yeah, you'll remember last year the Giants had two scrimmages where they actually went over to the stadium and they did practice a couple of times just to get used to their surroundings. And, of course, they knew that they were not going to be fans, so they wanted to get used to the cavernous uh, echoes of the stadium. And now they're going to have sound. And I think a couple of things to keep in mind here. First of all, by the way, fans, if you don't have a ticket to tonight's event, honestly, I don't know if you're going to be able to get in unless somebody's going to be giving you tickets at the last minute. So please don't necessarily come out unless you know you've got somebody who's giving you a ticket because this is a ticketed event. They were free tickets, but there was only limited distribution. So let me make that clear first up. But second up, in terms of the actual practice itself, John, The players were talking this week about how they've got to get used to crowd noise again. They've got to get used to the excitement of having that buzz in the building. And a guy like Nick Gates, who is the Giants' second-year center, has never had to snap the football with a silent count. He told us that this week uh, during his media sessions. That's interesting. And And now he's going to have some raucous fans cheering him on as the Giants practice tonight, because at some point during this season, guess what? He's going to hear a loud crowd when he's trying to snap the football. He is, and it's a good preparation for the game against the Jets because as the players have been saying all week, Paul, fans do get into that game. So that'll be an exciting thing to to see how those fans are ready. They're loud. And this will kind of give the, uh, the players really, you know, not just Nick Gates, Paul. You know, these guys haven't been in front of crowds at all in more than a year. 
I mean, we saw in the NBA playoffs, for example, how the presence of crowd noise and a raucous environment maybe altered the way and changed and made it more difficult for certain people to play, depending on the team you're watching. And I think we'll see that around the NFL this year, too, how you know we're going to see how the crowd does truly impact some of these games because it is different playing in front of a loud stadium versus a, a completely cavernous and empty one in terms of how these games operate. We can only hope that uh, the effect on the Giants is better than the crowd was on the Knicks. Well, Julius Randle specifically, yes. <laughs> that did not bode very well no. at Madison Square Garden. But in any event, so that's what we're going to see tonight, a fully padded practice. By the way, uh, Coach Joe Judge uh, is going to continue to ramp up guys like Galladay and Tony and Barkley, but don't expect to see them doing any contact drills tonight. They are still in non-contact drills. Uh, the team individual, uh, the team portions will not have those guys. They will be in the individual portions. Well, I'm opposed. Tony did some team stuff yesterday, though. So I, yeah, I, he did a few. So I, I think there's a chance we see Tony in some stuff, but Barkley for sure not. O'Shane Zimenez not yet. Galladay no. for sure no. No, no. Tony's done more special teams work than anything else, though. True. But I, I, let me put it this way. I think there's a real chance Tony plays on Saturday. So I think there's a chance we see him tonight. Yeah, there may be. Yeah. And by the way, to, to understand the schedule, uh, it gets really light tomorrow and then a bit of a walkthrough on Friday. And then on Saturday, the Giants will have their preseason opener against the Jets, uh, during which time we've been told by Coach Joe Judge he's very anxious to give a lot of snaps to the young guys on the back of the depth chart. He needs to make some evaluations. He's got five cuts to make before they have the second preseason game against Cleveland. In fact, to be frank with you, he's only got three days uh, from the time the game is on the 14th. He's got to the 17th, I believe, to make his first round of cuts from 90 to 85. So, John, uh, it's obvious we will see a lot of those back-of-the-ender depth chart guys this week. I don't necessarily know how many of the veterans are even going to get to play at all. Yeah, I'm not sure how much we're going to see, and to be honest with you, and that's something we've talked about a lot, how these guys are going to handle things. And and Jeff, uh, Paul, rather, maybe we could talk a little bit about what happened at practice yesterday, but first we have to Welcome in Jeff Fiegels. Hello. And I'm hey, Jeff. I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my Big Blue Kickoff Live fine schedule here, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So I believe the first lateness to a show is is 5,000 because that's what Tom <laughs> had for the first late meeting, right? So, so I think we do the Coughlin fine schedule. So I'll expect that check on my desk. And that will not go to charity. That, no, I take it back. That will go to charity, the, the Clara Schmelk College <laughs> Fund charity. Uh, okay. And we appreciate your participation in that event. We will discuss further. <laughs> well, yeah, why, don't, why, why don't we just settle this now? I think John and I will settle for a replica Lombardi trophy. Oh, I, I think that is a – Paul, that is an excellent substitute. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. I'll put the order in today, and uh, you guys will sit there and wait for it like I did, okay? So that's good. Obviously. Remember, it, I waited 22 years for that trophy, so you might be waiting a long time. And by the way, it, 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 it actually is very funny because Jeff's the one that's never late or forgets anything in terms of scheduling. He's always good with that. But see, much like it gets at the fans sometimes, where you ship mm-hmm. from 2 to 11 and things like that. Sometimes you can get the host too. I had I had us down for two o'clock today for some reason, and obviously I was incorrect. That's why I want to know how that happened. Um, whether there was some, okay. I don't know. But Jeff, we're going to help you out. 
The rest yes. of the week, we're still at 11 a.m. New York time. Week. And next week. And then next week, we're still at 11 a.m. New York time. And then after that, stay tuned. Yes. Well, thanks a lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have things moving around. But, Jeff, real quickly, Paul and I were both at practice. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, so just very quickly, I want to kind of get through what happened at practice. And then I will shut up, get off the mic here, and then you guys can take over. And, by the way, we'll have Joe Judge live and his Zoom call coming up at 11.45 when he talks to the media. And he'll talk, I'm sure, about the Fan Fest tonight an awful lot sure. during that call, too. So, Paul, very quickly for me, I want to see the offense have another good day. And this is kind of the point I'm at. You know, I, I keep writing these practice reports, and if you guys read them, it's all about how the you know defenders are, are getting their hands on the football. Well, that's all well and great for the defense. That's not a great thing for the offense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we saw that great day of offense from the Giants last week. We saw another okay day from the Giants offense last week. It's been a few days since we've gotten one of those great days. So I want to see in the next couple of practices, and I think tonight's probably going to be a pretty intense one, a pretty long one. Given yesterday, I think, was almost kind of like another buildup. You went from shells to a padded one yesterday, but it wasn't a super intense padded practice. My guess is that tonight's going to be pretty intense. I think Joe Judge wants to put on a pretty good show for the fans. So I would like to see the offense have another kind of breakout day, make some plays, and put themselves on a nice little path for the game on Saturday night. Because, you know, we talked about it yesterday. We had Julian Love, Darnay Holmes, Xavier McKinney, uh, Holmes and McKinney had interceptions. Love had a couple of pass deflections, had a nice practice. So I want to see the offense make some plays tonight as they get ready for their first preseason game. John, before we let you go, and, and Jeff, yes. just give me half a second here. Sure. I've, I want to pick my offensive and defensive stars going into the preseason. For offense, for me, it would be David Sills. Okay. And for defense, it would be Darnay Holmes. Okay, I, I, I don't want to copy you because I think Sills is a good one. So I'm going to go with, 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 with my 1B. How about C.J. Board on offense? I think he's had a very nice camp. So is Sterling Shepard, by the way. Yeah, but Shepard's an easy one. You know Sterling's yeah. going to be good. So I, I think Sills and Board, and Sills is, would, would be my number one too, but I'll throw Board out there just because he's somebody that I think not a lot of people know about, and I think he's had a really nice camp, and I think him and Sills are the two guys battling for those fifth and sixth spots that have kind of set themselves apart, at least so far in camp. And again, board is really good on special teams too, which I know mm-hmm. Jeff. You know, yep, it really is is uh, it's important to, to him. And then defensively, you know, it's a good question. I would probably go with a Dory Jackson, and I and I realize that he's good, and we know he's good, but. You know, Paul, his ability to go after the football in the air, but also we've seen it a few t- times now. After a receiver catches the ball or gets their hands on it, he will attack the football in mm-hmm. the player's hands to try to get it out uh, to prevent the catch. So I've been impressed with that. I think Holmes is a good one. But I'm going to go with Dory Jackson. I think he's done a real nice job of covering and, and getting his hands on and around the football when passes are thrown in his direction. No well, interceptions, but he has knocked the ball away. There is no doubt that the secondary has really come to play this month, and I'm looking forward to actually getting them into some game action, again, starting Saturday against the Jets in the preseason opener. John, thanks for stopping in. We'll let Jeff uh, pick it up from here. Thank you, Johnny. Hi, Jeff. I expect yeah. to check on my desk by Friday morning. Uh, Thank checks you. in the mail. Checks in the mail. As always, right? Is that Western Union or we're talking FedEx? It's Pony Express. Okay. (laughs) It's coming in on back. It's coming in on the back of a horse somewhere. Eventually. All right, folks, we're, we're going to be here to uh, take your phone calls up until the top of the hour at uh, 201-939-4513. And, uh, Jeff, tonight, again, the Fan Fest, which means from 6 to 8 o'clock, the Giants will be having a full padded practice at MetLife Stadium in front of fans. Now, we have discussed the ambiance or the lack of ambiance for the last year and a half at games and practices with you as a player. 
Do you think it's going to take much getting used to for some of these guys to now start to hear crowd noise again? No. No, I think that I think it's just like riding a bike. It'll be they'll get, you know, they're used to it. I think it'll come back quickly. Um, I think the biggest thing will probably be just some communication errors, you know, and I, this, I don't know how many people are going to be there tonight. I'm more, I'm more, uh, I would, I would base my opinions on how the, the question you just asked, asked me about on Saturday night with the Jets, because there's going to be a lot of people at the game. Um, there won't be, you know, as many people at the scrimmage, but it'll be nice to, to hear and to be able to work in that type of environment. I know the coaches are looking forward to it for many reasons. Um, but it's just football, Paul. It's guys in the stands and, you know, people out there. You just you love it as a player. I, I don't know how that we talked about it all last year, how crazy it must have been playing in a stadium with no, you know, they I mean, they put some noise into it. Remember, they started to put that artificial noise into the games and things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, it's nothing like the real thing because there's not you don't get the ebb and flow of the game, you know, the, the roar of a big play and those types of things. So I think the players are really going to like having those guys in the stands. And of course, hey. The fans are going to love coming back, uh, be able to have some tailgating going on and, you know, some beers and eating some food and then going and watching some good football. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I think that, uh, you know, you listen, today's Wednesday and then you got another full full stadium on Saturday. That's a lot of fun for the fans if you're able to get a ticket to get in there tonight. All right, we will hear from Giants head coach Joe Judge live at his presser at approximately 11.45, so that's in about a half hour or so. In the meantime, we get to your calls at 201-939-4513. Antonio from Delaware, you are first up on BBKL. Hello. Hey, how are you guys doing? Nice to talk to you, Antonio. Um, Question about the fifth-year option. Is that negotiated or is well, Jeff was a part of the uh, the whole players' representation, so Jeff, I'll let you explain it to him. Uh, but it is predetermined. It sure is. Yeah, it's just an option, and so the team can pick it up or they don't have to pick it up. But the money, the the uh, the amount of money on your contract in that fifth year is is there. It's just a matter of, and I believe that if they pick it up, it's maybe guaranteed. Yeah, um, no, it, it, it is. It, 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 it okay. is guaranteed. And just yeah. real quickly, I believe what is it the the average of the top ten or twenty people at the position? It's something like that, right, sure. Paul? Yeah, they created a new formula yeah. for it, and I don't know what it is. Sorry for it, interrupting. That's no, okay. no, that that's okay. And, that works. Uh, they just made it guaranteed within the last year. Yeah. Prior yeah. to that, the fifth year. Uh, option was not guaranteed. The club could pick it up, and then you could actually get cut during that training camp and not get the guaranteed money. Right. Well, because right. it wasn't guaranteed, okay. but now it is. So, can you argue to say it's better to be a second round pick versus a first round pick? For example, um, the Giants' second round pick this year. Let's just say in his. Um, Third, second year, he year he got like eight sacks. So now in his final year, he probably got like ten sacks. So it will be his advantage now where the Jazz could negotiate a new contract for him versus him getting that fifth-year option. Well, let's put it this way, okay? If you're a first-round pick you get a slotted bonus and a very healthy amount of guaranteed money as a first-round pick, okay? Yes, that fifth-year option 
is going to be part of the deal, which obviously gives the team a little bit more control over you. But, Jeff, uh, I'm sure that you will talk to any of your former teammates, and they would tell you they'd rather be a first-round pick than a second-round pick because the initial money is a heck of a lot less for a second-round pick than it is for a first-rounder. And that freedom that this call is talking about is not really worth offsetting that. No, no, and you know if you're a, if you're a first round pick, you're always a first round pick, right? You know, we know how many times people talk about, oh, he was a third round pick, he was a fourth round pick. You know, you kind of had the stigma attached to you forever. So yeah, I want to be a first rounder. The second thing is, yeah, I mean, I'm going to get more guaranteed money up front if I'm in the first 32 picks of the draft. So um, that makes a difference. And by the way, you know that fifth year is only for first rounders. But the, what John had had mentioned is that they, you know, that, that if they pick up that option that gives them a chance in every year that that fifth year option gets more lucrative because the cap goes up and you know that that average salary per position there that whatever the first round pick was receiver tight end whatever that that money that number is pretty good so and then obviously it's kind of like one of those things where the team is it's kind of a show me year and then after that you become a free agent but if you're really good they're going to franchise you so you're kind of stuck but they pay you if you're stuck. So it's not a bad thing. It really is. I think it works well for the players. And remember, these guys coming into fifth fifth year option, they're they're an established veteran at that point in time in their career when you think about it. They pretty much have played longer than you're supposed to. Uh, the average, you know, years that these players play are never at five years. It's just barely over two and a half. So I think that it, that's a good thing for them to, to be able to make. And I like the guarantee part of it because that, that just shows me that the, the team is definitely – wants me around and that I'm going to get guaranteed money. So I'm okay with it. Is that all Antonio? Okay. Thanks for the phone yeah, call. I Thanks will, Antonio. I will see you. I'll see you guys September 16th in Washington. All Perfect. right. Week number yeah. two. Looking well, forward to, it. to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. You know, the, the only good thing I think is if you're a second round pick or later is that, okay, if you sign a three or a four year deal and let's say, you're, you're buried behind somebody on the depth chart, and you don't get a lot of opportunities to play. Well, maybe you want to go get a fresh start somewhere where you have an opportunity to maybe rise to become a, a first-team starter, and you're looking for an escape because mm-hmm. you want to get out of here. You know you're blocked. You know you're never going to get the, the touches that you want. And so, you know, I can't wait to get the free agency. I'm not interested in having the bigger money. I'm not interested in the guaranteed money. I'm not interested in the security. I just want to go somewhere else for a change of scenery because maybe I can improve my opportunity. That, to me, is the only advantage. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, I see. I like the scenario. I think a lot of times that does happen to players. They get pigeonholed behind a, a really good, good player, and they just never ha- can go out there and show what they're worth in the open market. So going to another team and maybe somebody from another team, Paul, realizes that, hey, you know, Joe, Smo, whatever, behind this guy is really a good player. He just have not had a chance to really flourish. So I we're interested in making him our number one. And then, yeah, absolutely. You know, and so – I think, and that's the beauty about free agency because you never know. You, the The market will tell you what your value is, um, and I think that that's a good thing for those guys. But uh, it is sometimes it happens, Paul. You know that these guys get stuck behind some of these all pros and they don't have a chance to play. It does happen. And by the way, the scouting report on Joe Schmo is that he could be a pro bowler. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've heard he runs a mean 40 time. <laughs> Great vertical. Well, let's go back to the phones. Uh, John from Staten Island, you're on line two. You're next on the show. Hello. 
Hi, John. Hi, uh, Paul and uh, Jeff. Uh, Hello. First of all, I wanted to uh, say that I have tickets to the Fan Fest tonight, and I'm beyond excited to be there. Very uh, cool. Welcome the team back to the uh, to the big stadium. And uh, second thing is, John and Lance were talking the other day about how many tight ends the Giants were going to keep on their roster, um, and they were going back and forth between four and three. And uh, they were talking about specifically jumbo packages. Sorry about my dog. Um, they, uh, so I was wondering, I was wondering if on jumbo packages, uh, Nate, Nate Solder would go in to play tight end uh, next to Park. Um, and that would be a good lineup for uh, close to the goal line. What do you think about that? Um, Jeff? Well, I, I think absolutely. I, I just, you know, every year you have that one lineman that kind of comes in and plays that that big jumbo tight end in those sets. Um, it could be Nate Solder. It could be you know somebody else. But I think that you know when you talk about that swing lineman, that's the guy that you could actually bring in there. And, and Solder would do a nice job at that. I don't think he'd ever catch a pass, but he'd definitely be in there for blocking. He'd just have to report every time. Well. Here's uh, here's my bold prediction. I think he will report, and I think he will play tight end. And my bold prediction is that he will catch two two passes or two touchdowns. Hmm. hmm. That's go, a bold. That is a bold prediction, don't you think? That's an over under. <laughs> One and a half. <laughs> Thanks for the call, John. Anything else? Take care. Right. I, I, I think he's got to go feed his dog is what I think he's got to do. We <laughs> go to line dogs out. We go to line three. Tim from Charleston, you're next on BBKL. Hello. Hey, Paul and Jeff. Good to talk to you guys. You too. You too. So I, I have a question based on conversations I've heard over the last week, Joe Judge's comments, et cetera, about a little bit about roster makeup without getting into too much detail. You know, obviously the Giants have a lot of competition at both wide receiver, a lot of depth, and in the defensive backfield. So Joe Judge made some comments the other day about Nate Ebner and his physical challenges that he's facing after training so hard for the Olympics. And it sounds like there's, you know, the way I have my roster construction set up based on players by position, I have the special teams, and this is Jeff will love this stuff, um, as being, you know, the usual three. But adding one, meaning usually that would I would count Ebner as one, not necessarily counting him as part of the defensive backfield because he hardly plays any snaps there. Mm-hmm. But if we go on the assumption, and obviously if it doesn't happen, it's a moot point, but if we go on the assumption that Ebner's, Ebner, who's not even under contract yet, um, and starts the season on the pup list, and he's got to sit out six games, right? Giving him time to get back to his normal form and health. Um do you think that the Giants would then keep an extra body at either wide receiver, meaning going from six to seven, and uh, or defensive back going from nine to ten? And in the case of wide receiver, where they've got so much quality, you'd hate to see them cut and have to try to sneak a guy like I know Paul loves Sills onto the practice squad, whether he make whether and Paul, you gotta stop talking him up or someone else is definitely gonna grab him <laughs> if we try to clear him clear him through waivers and try to get him on the practice squad. But you know, it would be the ability to take and keep a guy like C J Board and Sills, assuming Ross makes the fifth, right? Fifth spot. But keep C J Board, who can play special teams and Sills, 
and have board as like your your extra special teamer or maybe a defensive back. So I, I wanted to get your feedback on that, particularly Jeff's and, and based on your knowledge of our depth at the roster and who are the guys that can really contribute to special teams at those two positions, because I think those two positions are where we have a lot of depth and it, it would, I hate to use the word, but behoove us to maybe keep an extra guy if we can. And six weeks later, you know, with injuries and everything, it might work out that you never have to put that guy, try to clear that guy in the waivers and put him on the practice squad. You can bring Ebner on and keep everything intact. So I was wondering, I just wanted your comments on that. That's all I've got today, so I'll take your answers off the air. Well, thanks for the phone call. Jeff, before I hand it to you, uh, Joe Judge did say he would love to have Nate Ebner back, but again, because of the the punishment that he's taken and gone through the rugby training to try to make it to the Olympics, and he had to pull out of that, they really don't know exactly what his timetable is in terms of wanting to come back to the team. And then even when he does, let's assume he heals and he's healthy, then, you know, he's got to come here and show that he's in football shape and ready to contribute. So I don't know that I want to put a whole lot of eggs in Nate Ebner's basket right now. I think it's kind of a thing you want to keep in the back of your mind and say, well, if this works out and it's good, well, that's fine. But I don't necessarily know that I'd want to put too many chips on that. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you got to go, you know, you run what you brung, right? You got all these guys in camp. These are your guys. So um, I'm going to concentrate on more of the players that are here than the players that aren't um, because you just there's an unknown there. So I know what I have in front of me. So I got to make a decision. And and to, to be honest with you, I think that, you know, this all the special teams participation in making the roster means so much. Um, but what also means so much is you have to look at the end of the day where where the injuries are going. There, there it's going to be injuries, guys. Do you know this? There already has been. And so those the injury bug could deplete a position where all of a sudden now that's uh distinguishes whether another this one guy's not he's now going to be on the team or he's not going to be on the team but if with all things equal i would not be surprised to be able to see uh gary brightwall as a, as one of the guys that you know he's a core special teams guy he played in in college he was drafted you know he may be one of your guys that uh that makes the team because of this you know um but you know when it goes down to the wide receiver position I, I got to look at experience. I got to, you got to like, for instance, John Ross, there's no experience on, on special teams there. Now he said it, he said it that I'll do whatever I want to do other than returning. But you know, that's hard to keep a receiver just to return kicks. You want to be able to use somebody else, you know, another a player to play these other positions. You look at a guy like CJ board who has a lot of experience at, at the core four. Those are the, the, the guys you kind of look at. So I think it all dictates the, the roster on what it comes down to as far as your injuries and how it sets itself up. Because well, in a well, perfect world, it would be very difficult to kind of go through there. And, and David Sills is a guy that we obviously know he's making some plays at practice and he's doing well and doing, doing what he's supposed to do. But bottom line, he understands that for him to get on the football field as a receiver, there's going to be something that has to happen. So his whole bread and butter is going to be at special team. So he's a guy that really has to concentrate on that, and I'm hoping that he is. Well, when you look at that special teams component on the wide receiver depth chart, it's obvious to me, uh, Jeff, Tony's going to give you a lot there because of his returnability. Uh, Pettis, he's got returnability. Ross, he's been doing some return stuff during training camp. Board, as you said, core four. He can do all the special team stuff. Mm-hmm. Austin Mack last year was was on a bunch of the special teams uh, right. units. 
David Sills, you know what? I told uh, Charles Way this the other day as he was one of the alums who stopped by at practice. I said, Charles, David Sills is a clone of Joe Jurevicious. I don't know if you remember Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we you talked know, about him a few weeks ago. And, and that's what he is, okay? He's a tall, uh, good hands, long receiver, knows how to run routes, great attitude, hustles, terrific work ethic. You know, he's got the hands. He can do things for you. I think David Sills belongs on a 53-man roster in the National Football League. But he's going to play a certain role on someone's wide receiving core. I don't see David Sills giving you a lot on special teams, if anything. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, and that's a problem because I don't think the Giants have the luxury of keeping a number five or number six receiver who can't give them special teams. Paul, I've told you this before, and I want everybody to watch it on Saturday night, okay? Um, I told you a little cheat sheet. You know, they call the what do they call the the video games? You know, if you're a cheat card, what is that cheat code, right? Okay, yeah. I told you this before. Oh, Watch. you're going you're gonna to expose this now, I'm going to huh? let everybody know because oh, I think it's the funnest wow. thing. It's great stuff, but I, I thought you were going to keep that close to the vest. No, you're going to let think, these people I, I know. Think, I think our listeners should know because okay. I feel like it's just something that's there that nobody really understands. And I believe I've been around it so long that it, it really it turns itself, most of the time, it's pretty true. Are you sure you don't want to put this information behind a paywall? <laughs> <laughs> all right no, let them know let them I'm know i'm gonna let you know uh on sunday or excuse me on saturday at in the jets giants preseason game just watch who runs out for the first punt of the game at the at the gunner positions at the line positions the up back position normally the punt team kind of gives you a little bit of insight and a little bit of kind of just peeking inside the door there that who's going to make this football team um, and it's, you know, I know it's preseason, but it usually tells a little bit about what the team is thinking about these other players and their positions and their roles on the team. Look at those numbers, look at the linebackers, look at the running backs, look at the receivers. That'll tell you a little bit of something. The DBs too. And by the way, you mentioned Gary Brightwell before who mm -hmm. coming out of school was an NCAA special teams demon. There's another guy who we barely talk about and that's fullback Colin Gillespie. This guy was with the Houston Texans for several years, was a huge fan favorite, and not because he did anything with the ball from scrimmage, but because he was a special teams monster. Yep. Now, when you talk about trying to make that the team that way, this is a guy who I, I don't know that any media person has talked about him during the course of training camp. I know we certainly haven't given him much play. But if special teams is going to have one or two specialty guys, demons, if you will, guys who are going to be on the roster just because of specials, you cannot discount him, Jeff. No, no, you can't. And experience. Um, you know, it's difficult to remember we say the core four. We're talking about kickoff, kickoff return, punt, and punt return. Those are your core four special teams that, that you know, you got all those most of the time every game you got a lot of those plays. Those guys have to have to have roles in each one of those units, and um, a guy like a running back or receiver, they can put you in in almost any of those positions: covering kicks, returning kicks, blocking, or or going down. And, and you know, so you got to look at these guys. So he is a, a guy, and he's done it well. So he has experience over a lot of these younger guys that are still trying to make the team. So that experience matters in anything 
honestly, every position matters for experience. So he does have an upper hand. A lot of people don't talk about him. But you know what? Let's go out and see in these three preseason games, and we could probably wanted to maybe do a special teams tracker. I mean, we can really put our heads together and kind of and go and grade the film and watch the games and see which guys are really standing out on special teams, and then we can kind of maybe get an idea of the roster. That's what's going to happen because there's not a lot of things that guys can do in practice when it comes to special teams, guys. Because it's all it's all pretty much it's regulated, right? They don't go full on pump block in practice. They don't because they just can't. They you know because of, of risk of injuries and stuff. Kickoff return, ah, you know it's just a bunch. Of, it's just a bunch. It's like a glorified walkthrough. You're going through your assignments, and you know I got the L four, you got the L three, you got to go down to this guy. This that's all it is. Then when all of a sudden you get into the games. And the, the speed and all that stuff, and the coaches are relying on you understanding your responsibilities and your plays, that's when you see the guys that are really going to make this team because of it. So just be aware of that. Limited Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. And don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giants games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giants suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or play a deposit for individual games, call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Again, as we get to our phone calls at 201-939-4513, coming up in about 10 minutes or so, give or take a few, will be the live press conference with Giants head coach Joe Judge. Hey, Paul. So yes. I got I to gotta give you a little insight on, on what happens in the night before a game. Okay. And uh, special teams meeting. Okay. This is um, this is important, <laughs> especially if you're a rookie or a first-year player, and it shows that you're paying attention. Uh, what happens is that we have a team meeting the night before the game. It's usually the, the special teams meeting is first, lasts about a half an hour. Um, and the first thing that they do is they do roll call. And so what they will do is they will tell you this is where the rookies and everybody needs to understand where you are in your depth charts. When I talk about the core four, right, so you not only have your responsibility as a player for your for the real position you play, whether it's a running back, cornerback, you know what I'm saying. You got to understand that every one of those other core four play uh, positions, you have to know what you're doing. And by the way, you have to know where you are at on the depth chart. <laughs> so what they do is you get in the special teams meeting, they open it up, and then Tom Quinn or Terrence uh, or, or McGahey will be uh, Thomas will say, "All right, well the punt team stand up. First punt team stand up. All right." First punt team goes up. The punter has to count all the 10 guys, and then they sit down. All right, second team, punt team, stand up. Second team guy. I cannot tell you how many times <laughs> that there's somebody that's not paying attention, that doesn't stand up, and they're supposed to, you know, every, every time it should be 11. Well, there's 10. Who's missing? And then that's, that's not good. That's not good. That's the first thing you can't mess up. <laughs> is that right there? And you would be surprised how many guys do it. Because what he'll do is he'll mess with the guys. He'll say, all right, you know, rather than the first punt team stand up, third team punt stand up. <laughs> and now these guys are kind of like, you know, they're just they're, they're not paying attention because they think it's going to be the first and the second. That's when the mistake's making. So the, the coaches want to make sure that you know because it is a, it's chaos on the sideline in special teams in preseason because there's so many guys going out of the lineup. Because think about it. If you are – 
let's just say you're Kadarius Tony, and you're going to get the first reps on punt return, okay? And he goes out of the game. Or if somebody just if somebody gets hurt in the game, now you're the second team guy, and then but the coach says he's not playing special teams because I don't want him to play special teams because he's now starting middle linebacker. So now instantly you go from the what you would have been you're the third team on a on one of the special teams. Now you're starting. Because one guy got taken out of the game, and the other guy was not is not going to play the game, the position, because he's playing a full time on offense or defense. You have to pay attention to this stuff, and that, this is the no no when you don't, especially when there's when you're in a game and they call punt return, and you're out there and you're the guy missing because you're the third team guy. So you have to study your your uh, your depth chart, hundred percent. You got to make sure you know what you're doing. You got to be mentally alert. All you right, have quickly. To be mentally alert. We got to go back to these phones before Joe Judge comes on. So it's going to be rapid fire. Two minute drill. Rick from Tampa. You're online too. You're next. Hello, Hi, Rick. Oh gosh, too much to talk about in two minutes. Come on. You're on the clock. Come on. <laughs> well, right. it's either you or Joe Judge, and I got a feeling the fans want to hear from the coach. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, Jeff, first of all, I think this this the, what you're talking about is very interesting, but. Isn't this uh, first um, preseason game, Joe Judge said, it's going to be like the fourth preseason game, which is kind of all everybody on deck. So I don't know. That's okay. Or, that that's even better because I'll tell you what. Be if that, valid. But if that's it, then you know that the, the guys that are on that punt team, even in this game coming up, you know that those are the guys, the, the guys that they're definitely looking at. Right? Yeah, they're probably most serious about those these are the guys. bubble guys. Those are the sure. ones that they have, somebody's going to have to show me on. This is the show me team, right? Show me something you can do to make this team. All right. Okay. And and two two things, and I'm up to call back during the week again when I have more time. But tackling, I heard over the course of uh, the Hall of Fame and all this stuff, lying around here with COVID, just watching nothing but TV about, and I heard that the Steelers tackle at practice and so do the patriots is there truth to that that they tackle more than other teams do because i believe that tackling should be a valid part of practice every single day and i know paul you would agree with me 100 percent are or is that illegal to be tackling is that true well, there, there, are, there are some parameters in the CBA. I cannot honestly tell you specifically what I those teams either. are doing because yeah. I'm not there at those training camps. I will tell you this. Bill Parcells believed in full pads every day. And, and it, was, it was really, really cool of him if he gave the players a day off and they were able to go shells because he believed in full pads every day and there was going to be some hitting. And Bill Parcells, right. by the way, is in the Hall of Fame and has a couple of Super Bowls. So what does that tell you? But, but- Right, but they're not allowed to do that now, right? No, I, I, I don't believe – I don't believe – now, please don't quote me on this, but I do know there are certain regulations in terms of how many days you can be on the field, how long you can be on the field, uh, the amount of time that you're doing certain drills. There's a, there are so many regulations. It, it gets really sticky. So the truth is I try to just look at the players and see what I see and try to get out of the red tape stuff because that doesn't do me any good other than to bog me down. Okay, and this is a real quick one, but, I mean, what bothers me over the years is that the Giants, we, we have such a good depth in cornerbacks and safeties and de- defensive backs this year. Interceptions. We have guys that just, how many times have you seen it? They just drop the ball. They Instead of catching it, they drop it. Instead of the interception, they knock it down because they drop it. What are they doing this year? <laughs> 
to improve that? Are there extra drills or anything? And who's sure. going to be the guy who's going to take those interceptions? Because we need that to happen. Rick, I'm going to try to squeeze Lennon before the coach. I'll give you a quick answer, though. The Giants have spray grease, kind of like Pam, that they spray on the footballs. Grease balls. Yeah, they turn them into grease balls. Uh, And there are several drills during the course of practice where they will spray the balls down before the DBs and the wide receivers and the running backs have an opportunity to play with them. And this is to enhance concentration and make sure you hold on to the ball. Yep, That's a Joe Judge thing. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. Quickly, we go to Len from Maryland. We try to squeeze you in before Coach comes up. Go ahead, Len. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys. Um, Jeff, that, that was that was so good. I almost forgot what I was going to talk about. God, I, 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 have, I have that. I do that to people all the time. <laughs> I was listening closely. That was really that was thank, really thank good. Thank you. Um, it, it, uh, comment. Um, special teams isn't for everybody. I mean, anybody can space special teams. You can put Mike Lennon out there in all four core positions but he's not going to play very well but right. he's out there he's one of the 11 it, it takes a special it takes a special breed would you agree with that jeff 100%. especially especially running down under the kicks listen Corey clement is another guy that he's obviously have been a like, good running back in this league but he's also a guy that can really play good special teams i mean i think that you yeah. know it's, he's he's got a long shot to make it here in my opinion but i yeah. think that he's a guy that yeah to your to your point not everybody can play it but some of them can do do both, play the position and play special oh, teams yeah, well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think McGahee said this last year. You know, it's yeah, you got we we want special teamers, but you you got to be able to do something else. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, well, look at Nate Ebner. You got to be able, you be able play to some safety. You, you know, got, you got to be able to catch the ball. You know, or, or run with the ball when you got it. But um, you, you know, we need help there for sure. I mean, all four phases at best we were mediocre, Jeff mm-hmm. and and Paul. Um, I, and and CJ was part of all of that. I I don't know. I'm I'm not a special teams coach. I, I'm not going to pretend I understand it, but I'm not sure what stood out with CJ as a special teams player. He he can get out there. He can get out there. I know. Um, I'm not going to be there tonight. I'm, I'm you know I'm going to miss it. I hope everybody has a lot of fun at it. Um, I'm, Paul, what I'm looking forward to is I want that old timey. Uh, practice sessions at training camp. I want to be able to get up there and see you guys and see the guys practice. I don't know if we're ever going to see those old times again. This that, don't that say may that. Be a thing of the past. Don't I say that, I, I, Paul. I, I, you know, I hope not. One other thing. I got, I got 38 guys making this roster so far. 15 to go. Okay. Hey, have fun tonight, guys. Thanks, Len. Thanks, Len. Thank Lane. you. 201-935-4513. We actually have a second or two. I do not see the uh, advisory that Coach Judge is going to be ready. So uh, if you want to sneak in another call, I'm willing to try to do it. But just be alerted that as soon as I see Coach Judge hit the podium, we will be dropping out. Uh, one thing to take in, uh, to keep in mind, Jeff, about this practice tonight, uh, it's been, for the most part, a very mild training camp in terms of heat and humidity. We've had some nasty, humid days the last couple of days. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, even though Joe Judge is heavily stressing conditioning, it has not been brutal. I mean, I mean, look, you and I both know Tom Coughlin, Bill Parcells, those guys loved brutal days at training camp because they thought it built up your toughness. Well, today, I believe the heat index in Bergen County is going to be well over 100 degrees. And even though practice doesn't start until six o'clock, this could be quite a chore for some of these guys. 
Well, you know, it's it's not like they've been doing this for a couple of weeks now, so they're they are conditioned, and and this is as Joe has always said about ramp up. They've ramped up enough; they're ready to go. So um, I think that the guys will be excited. But remember this: it's going to be fun for the fans to watch the team today. The team isn't going to be doing much different than what they've been doing. They're just going over to the stadium to practice. Let's just keep that in mind. And they got a game on Saturday, so they're going to get a lot of the veteran guys. If if for recording in progress, uh, Joe Judge is about to go. Here we go. Giants head coach Joe Judge at the podium. Everyone, as always, hope all is well. Uh, please use the raise hand function, and we'll just jump right into questions. What's going on, guys? Tom Canavan. Hey, Joe. Uh, Nate Solder seemed to leave practice yesterday with his right arm was hanging for a second. Anything on that? Uh, you know, nothing much. We're going to see where he is today, see how he feels. Um, normal kind of bumps and bruises from what we could tell, but he's going to get looked at by the doctors and see where he's at. I mean, I think Nate's obviously having a pretty damn good camp for us. We're pleased with the progress he's making right there. So we want to make sure we can keep him on the field as long as we can, but obviously we won't do anything that puts a player at risk. So obviously, you know, today going to the stadium, third day in a row, we're evaluating a lot of guys based on loads, you know, earlier this week and tied up from last week. So we'll see kind of periodically with individuals how we manage them tonight. Hey, Joe, as you get set for the practice tonight in the preseason opener coming up on Saturday, what are the qualities you like best about this team thus far? Yeah, I like their work ethic. I like the way these guys show up every day and they work and see constant improvement. Uh, This is a team that's got a lot of mental toughness. This is a team that as we've challenged them uh, to go ahead and improve, challenge them on different things, they've responded. I like the way they compete in practice. Uh, it's not perfect. We're far from finished product. We have a long way to go as a team. But I love their spirit of how they come to work every day and what they're doing to improve. Of course. Hey, Joe. Hey, Paul. Um, I, obviously, this is a practice, you know, but it is in a different venue. Um, you've never coached a game in MetLife Stadium where there were fans in there, so this is different. Um, have you thought of that at all? When you walk on the field and it could be, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 people maybe? Well, I thought definitely in terms of the excitement we're going to have to go out there and see fans. You know, it's, it's a practice. The format of the practice will be like what you guys have seen already on our practice fields at Quest. However, it is going to be different. It's our first opportunity. This and, and the Newark trip we took a couple weeks ago as far as being in front of fans, but the first time in Met life with fans. So, look, there's going to be a lot of natural excitement from the coaches and the players tonight. There's going to be a lot of raised intensity. You know, one thing we're going to be very conscious of as coaches throughout this practice is making sure that we watch our guys you know, making sure we control the tempo and the volume of practice. And we understand there's going to be a raised level of excitement for these guys. We're going to make sure we keep them within the moment and the flow of things. But look, the experience tonight of being in front of fans, uh, we're all looking forward to. It's also going to be a great practice for us. Uh, we was asked a question the other day about communication in front of fans. It's going to be a great opportunity for our offense and defense to really work that for the first time with actual crowd noise, not just simulated noise at practice. So that's something that's going to really help us right there. And, you know, look, it's a practice, but there will be a different feel to it tonight. Um, real quick, is um, how, how important is home field advantage? You know, the Giants have not had that in recent years. Are you talking about just in general? Or are you talking about some specific time of year? No, in in, in general. I mean, the, the, you know, if you want to be a, a serious team, winning games at home. Look, you want to win every game you play, and obviously you want to defend your home turf. I'd say in terms of home field advantage, the advantage always goes to the team who plays and executes better on that Sunday. So while it can be an aid for you with uh, obviously the energy and the excitement, uh, provided by your fans. You've got to show up as players and coaches and do your best job and make sure that you outperform the opponent. Thank you. Hi, Leonard. 
Hey, Joe, your two young edge rushers, uh, how serious are the injuries with Ellerson Smith, the hamstring that I guess he hurt during the conditioning run, and Aziz Ojolari with his leg? Uh, real quick, Pat, can you be more specific about the conditioning run? Oh, um, uh, I think there was an interview yesterday. Uh, Dave had said that he hurt his hamstring during the conditioning run or a conditioning lap, I think, at the start of camp. Uh, it was absolutely not a lap or a conditioning test of that nature. Um, you know, that's not what happened at all. But um, in terms of them recovery, um, you know, both guys come along nicely. Uh, we're looking forward to getting Ellerson out there as soon as we can. Uh, I know he's made a lot of progress in the last week and a half with the uh, trainers and the medical staff. That should be good right there in terms of, uh, you know, Aziz. He's been out of practice. He's been working. Uh, there's different loads we have for different guys in different days. One thing about, you know, guys of all different, you know, ages, you've got to make sure that, you know, throughout practice you monitor what they do. You know, we rely a lot on our medical team, our sports science information and what they're doing. So we talk about our players every day. We want to make sure that we monitor what their bodies have been through. We'll put them in a position they can go out there next day and go through the practice that we prescribe to them in a safe manner. So, you know, everything we do is very planned out. And, uh, you know, in terms of both those young guys, they're working hard doing everything we ask. So we want to make sure we get them back on the field. Thanks. Hey, Joe, I wanted to ask you about uh, Ryzen John. He's just getting back to practice. Um, but he looked really comfortable for you guys in the spring. Is there still time, you know, for him to uh, to really make an impact with you guys and to be a factor in the competition at tight end? Yeah, listen, every player is still competing. Uh, that's absolutely that, – that doesn't stop. And it's not just how you start camp. It's consistent what you do, you know, day in, day out. You know, obviously, he dealt with a different deal. He wasn't allowed to be here due to the situation on the COVID list. You know, 10 days in a hotel, you know, no one comes back in camp condition. So it's going to take him a couple of days to get back out there, get his legs under him. But, you know, one thing he did show yesterday as far as getting out there with us for the first time as a team was, you know, he was further along than maybe we anticipated as coaches. And that, you know, the training staff was, you know, optimistic and confident with him with what they saw the previous few days, really ramping him up and getting him ready to be on the field. So we got to manage his loads, obviously, as we go through this. Um, you know, all that being said, you know, every player on the team has an opportunity to compete every day. So nothing's final. Rock. Joe, I wanted to get back to that home field advantage question and, and have it specific to the Giants. Um, I'm sure that's something you noticed when you were interviewing for this job and, and, and saw. Um, what what does it take to overcome you know what's been a pretty lackluster home record for this for this franchise since that stadium was built? Look, it just takes executing better than the other team. In, in terms of anything that's happened in the past, that's not relevant to this year. It's not relevant to any game we're going to play this year. You know, I would say that obviously when I became involved with this job, you start thinking about, you know, the history of the organization, the area, the fan base. And there's a reason this is such a, you know, paramount organization, National Football League. And the that really starts with the fans. I mean, the game is about the players. It's about the fans. That's really what, you know, the connection is. You know, the passion of New York, you know, having the experience of just being an MSG during the Knicks playoff game and, and feeling the energy of those fans really pouring into the game. You know, that, that's something that's unique. You, you don't go into every stadium and feel that kind of energy and passion. And there's a natural just, you know, demeanor in this area of the country, specifically in North Jersey, New York, of, look, it is a mentally tough area. You know, that's the way it is, the way it's supposed to be. And that's the way we got to train our team to be. And, and I like that atmosphere. I like coming in the stadium and people expect to see, you know, excellence. And that's what they deserve for the money they spend. That's a product we have to work to give to them. The flip side of that, though, is that there's no there's no blind loyalty, right? I mean, there are some there are some teams that, you know, every Sunday that you know they fill the stadium and everybody's rooting for them and everybody goes home happy, win or lose. Here, here you got to kind of, you know, you get booed off the field at halftime quite a bit. 
hey, look, you get what you earn, and we have to earn their respect. We'll, we'll take two more, Jordan. Zach, Jordan. Hey, Joe. Uh, the fans haven't seen this team since uh, the end of the 2019 season. What would you tell them they should expect from this group? Relative to tonight or just in, in general there, Jordan? Uh, in general. Yeah, you're going to see a group of guys go out there and lay it on the field every time they take the field together. And we're going to work hard for 60 minutes, talk all the time. The identity of our team, smart, tough, fundamentally sound. We're going to play for 60 minutes. That's what you can expect to see from our team. If you step on the field for us, that, that's what you can expect to see. Last one here, Zach. Hey, Joe, I wanted to ask you about uh, offensive line. You know, you, you revamped that coaching staff. Obviously, Brian Robsale brought back Pat, you know, moved Freddie to more supervising the offensive line. I'm just curious, like, how, how do you feel like that's gone with those new guys there and, and how receptive have, have the offensive linemen been to this new kind of structure you got over there? Yeah, I think it's going very well, actually. I think all four guys do a great job. I wouldn't say Freddie's job is to supervise the offensive line. Freddie has a, a load of responsibilities and encompasses a lot of things. I'm not going to go individually to each one of those right there, but he does a tremendous job for us overall with the structure of the offense. You know, in terms of Rob and Ben working together the offensive linemen, that's been great. You know, and Flats brings a lot of experience to the plate. You know, we do have two young line coaches who are very knowledgeable, very capable of running a room, very capable of making the adjustments, but it never hurts to have a guy who's just got a lot of skins on the wall, has seen a lot of things, and can share his experiences with two young guys, help him go on through it. I know I benefit myself as being a younger guy in the profession from experience of others. Thanks, Coach. You're all set. Yeah, I appreciate it. See you tonight. The words of Giants head coach Joe Judge as the organization prepares for tonight's Fan Fest with a practice at MetLife Stadium as fans with tickets will be able to attend. Jeff, any takeaways from Joe Judge that either surprised you or you were kind of excited to hear? No, I, nothing that surprised me. I think you can – pretty much calculated what Joe's going to tell you. Um, but I think that I, it sounds sounds to me like he's kind of excited to – I will tell you this. As a player, you know, you like a little bit of a change-up because training camp gets boring. You know, it's just uh, it's the same old every single day, a Groundhog Day. So the players enjoy are going to enjoy going over to the stadium today for a little bit of a mix-up, uh, a little change-up. You know, when they went to Newark a few weeks ago, as Joe, John, uh, Joe said, that's kind of a change-up. But I think more importantly, I think he's looking forward to – Actually seeing people in the stands and hearing the, you know, the little chatter behind you. And it's just those kinds of things. That's just, and I, again, it's just nice to have a change up of things going on. And I think the next step here will be the game and then the joint practices. So there's a lot to look forward to in this preseason still going on until that first regular season game. But my takeaway from it today was just, it's just business as usual, Paul. Go over there, get your work done. Um, you know, at not one point in time did he mention anything about, you know, what they're going to be doing in practice, how hot it's going to be. It's just normal protocol. Just go get your work done. When you step on that field, it's 100%. All right, real quick, we have Marty from Manahawkin. You'll be last on the show as we squeeze you in after Coach Joe Judge. That's a tough act to follow, Marty. It really is a squeeze you in, too. That's good. How you doing, Marty? Yeah, what do I win? Uh, you win the last caller of the day. That's a good one. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but 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 don't worry hey. about it because Fegels isn't going to come through with a replica Super Bowl trophy for you, just like he's not going to be for me and John. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope you weren't holding your breath for that. No, um, they weren't. They know me better than that. Go ahead, Marty. Hey, uh, I was just thinking, uh, listen to you talk about special teams, and, and I did come in a little late on that, but technically uh, this year with the four guys, don't we have a uh, – 57-man roster, if you think about the uh, guys that aren't exposed to waivers. 
every week when they when you know when they pick the you know who's going to dress. Well, it's 53, right? You have your active 53, yes. and then each week you get to promote two practice squad guys. Okay? You've got the four-man protected list every week, but you've got the two practice squad guys that you can activate every week. They're like floaters, if you will. And there's a limit yeah. to how many times you can do that with each player and a limit to how many times you can protect those guys. So it is, it is a soft and fluid cap, if you will, in terms of the number of activations but remember, but still, there's, only, there's a cap on them, how many times you can move right, up and down. Right, So, I mean, it, 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 there is some strategy regarding this sure. now. Those guys at the back end, you can't just be willy-nilly with that. You've got to be very careful on how you plan it out. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You know, if you play your cards right, you know, you could, you could make some uh, fancy moves, you know. Well, you can, but you also could get yourself burned, too. So, look, well, yeah. the bottom line is this. They've, they've kept all the practice squad rules in effect from last season into the 2021 campaign. I, for one, love it. You guys know how I feel about that. I think the more guys you have control over in the building, the better it is for the team. So I, I'm definitely on board with it, and I'm glad that it's sticking around for this year, and I hope it continues into the future. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking. I might, you know, could open the door for like a guy who might be on the fringe, like David Sills, uh, maybe Pettis. You know, it might, it might, it might help them out. Well, just remember one thing: all of those guys still have to clear waivers. They've got to get cut and clear waivers before you can bring Once. them back to the practice squad. That's right. At the at that fifty three deadline, those guys are still going to have to be exposed. Then, right. then, then you bring them back within 24 hours. You start stashing them on a practice squad, and now you can start getting fancy if you'd like. But there's still a rule in place that a team can pluck an unprotected practice squad guy as long as they sign um, him to a 53-man contract on their active roster. Yes, from another team, exactly. All right. So. Thanks, Marty. Yep. Thanks, Marty. Be well. That'll wrap it up uh, for today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Again, all week we are here at 11 a.m., one hour live. That's New York time at 201-939-4513. The Giants Fan Fest tonight. Uh, Gates open at 5 p.m. If you want to get into the parking lot, those gates will be open at 3. The practice is from 6 to 8, full pads, and then fireworks afterwards. Jeff, I'm looking forward to it. You're looking forward to the fireworks, Paul? That's probably the I'm most I'm looking forward thing. to everything. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people should. It's a, it's a great time, and, you know, it's a, it's a fans, they deserve it to get back there. And I know as, a, as an ex-player, I know that the fans mean a lot to these players, and I think it'll be great for them to be in the building again and cheering their team on. That's a lot of fun. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Paul Dottino. Thanks for listening to Big Blue Kickoff Live. It's part of the Giants Podcast Network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and Giants.com slash podcasts. We'll see you next time.